Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark, and you can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And today we're talking about minute number 16 of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is going to begin with a helicopter landing on a runway. And then the minutes are going to end with a person handing a mysterious character uh, two well-crafted coffee beverages. I'm assuming they're lattes. Um, but Why we'll are you get assuming more... they're lattes? Well, you can't assume just on the, on the foam. You know what I mean? I mean... On the froth. I thought you said it on could the be phone. On the foam. On the phone. F- you can't assume that you're not talking to a latte when you're calling these coffee places, you know? <laughs> they could have these lattes picking up the phone. Well, I got to assume they're lattes. I mean, uh, what else could they be? Just, you know, uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm no, I don't, I'm no cafe. Uh, I'm no barista expert. You know what I me mean? Me neither. Me <laughs> neither. I barely step foot into a Starbucks, you know? I go to the Wawa for my coffee. Now, Wawa has got some pretty good coffee. Let me tell you, if you guys don't know about the Wawa coffee, <laughs> everybody knows about the Wawa coffee. I think we're behind. Pull the chair. Let's talk about the Wawa coffee. It's pretty good uh, coffee. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, I mean, there's something about seeing that it's like a nice, well-crafted uh, coffee. Uh, it looks really, really, really good. Um, but we're not really going to be talking about what's happening in that one until we get into tomorrow's minute. Uh, we're mostly going to be talking with Bruce Wayne and a good old Alfred, played by Jerry, Jeremy Irons, who's back today in today's minute. And uh, I, I might be talking a lot about planes today. But uh, Nate, how are you feeling this uh, this Monday morning? It's pretty good. Um I'm feeling Monday like how all Mondays, you know, I um I get to I get a regular old Garfield uh feeling in me, so uh least to say I hate him. But you know, but this, you love lasagna. But I love lasagna. Man, I haven't had a lasagna in a, in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, I'm good to see um this Bruce Wayne and Alfred duo back at mm-hmm. it again. They got the white vans. We're pretty good. Uh, pals with these uh, two characters. I really enjoy this um, this pair. And it's mm-hmm. just great to see him again, once again, on the big screen uh, in Glorious 4-3. So, you know, a lot... To, I, don't, I don't have much about the planes. I don't know plane talk. I didn't see the movie Planes. Uh, Dane Cook famous dane cook was a voice in that movie planes didn't see it so i don't know anything about it maybe if i saw the movie i'd be able to talk about the planes but i'm here to I talk no about idea. bruce and alfred <laughs> yeah i had no idea what you were talking about for a second i was like there's a movie called planes and i was thinking of like a real uh like i don't know like a drama or something about planes and then when you said dane well, cook pearl like, harbor maybe a, no well for some reason i was thinking of like stealth or something like that there you go. Uh, There's a plane drama right there. Now we're getting into the section about plane dramas. Pearl or, Harbor. You know, Stealth. Yeah. Um, no, you're talking about a CG animated movie called Planes. Planes. That I had totally forgotten about. Yeah. That is not cars, but planes, rather. We're missing the biggest one, Mark. Snakes on a plane. That's yeah, the biggest well, that's... plane drama. Uh, <laughs> what was the one with Killian Murphy? Red Eye? Red Eye. Yeah. There was another one with some girl that got lost in it. Uh, yes, I saw that one. It was a I lot t- like Red Eye, but it wasn't Red Eye. Passenger 97 or something. Nope, nope, that's the other movie. Um, 
And hey, you got all those movies about planes. Jesus Christ. Okay, we can go on and on. And then there's other this. Batman movies with planes in them, like The Dark Knight. Just the one, just the one plane in that and one. And then though. sometimes Batman has his own plane in other Batman movies. So, you know, but uh to start off this minute here, this uh I kind of got like a a sin copy vibe uh, off of this minute. When you see the beginning of this scene, uh it, it kind of reminds me of the Nolan aesthetic for the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. That uh, helped influence this cinematic universe. It definitely influenced the the conception of Man of Steel. And that had, you know, basically Nolan's DNA from the Dark Knight into that movie. Um, this seems to carry that same energy, uh, which is weird thinking about it now in 2021 when we've moved so far past that to see this kind of, um, I guess the term is mise-en-scene again, where it's like just the aesthetic, the, the, the setting and the, the, the momentum that is Batman and Alfred having their back and forth dialogue that we're used to seeing since the dark Knight. Um, that kind of way that they carry themselves in, uh, in a Batman major blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that in this scene here, which is something nice because we haven't really seen it in a while. When we saw saw Batman v Superman, um, they were really not well together. Obviously, Batman had gone to the, the lowest of lows in that movie, and Alfred was more of his good conscience telling him, hey, uh, you're doing the wrong thing. You're doing the wrong thing. You're going down this path. And uh, now that we are kind of out of it, we're back to that kind of Bruce-Alfred banter. Not so much Batman and Alfred, but more so Bruce and Alfred mm-hmm. kind of uh, dynamic. Yeah. I think um, a good example of that is later on in the movie when um, the rest of the, the leaguers uh, meet or are introduced to Alfred. That's the type of uh, Bruce Wayne and Alfred uh, dynamic that we're kind of talking about here. Um, you know, <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Alfred. I work for him kind of deal um yes just like at the end of dawn of justice with uh you know thank you alfred i don't deserve you yada 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 it's um it's all these uh, a great way of humbling this this character who we know is now atoning for his sins from uh the previous years yeah and this and he's uh alfred is helping him this time whereas in batman v superman he was helping him but not he's pushing back yeah, he was like, I don't want to, this is the wrong thing to be doing, you know. And then now he's like, oh, you want to build this team and you've learned from your mistakes. And even says that towards the end of the movie in part six. But like here he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's work together. And um, the, the setting here is just really nice. I really like the outfits that both of the characters are, are wearing because um, this feels like something you would see in... In my mind, I think of like Batman Incorporated a little bit where like I can see these kind of comic book panels where Bruce Wayne and Alfred are kind of like in these uh, settings, like not as Batman, but like Bruce Wayne and Alfred traveling the world together. It's something that I really liked in the Dark Knight movie where they go to Hong Kong and you can see um, Batman being Batman without being Batman, if that makes sense. I've always really enjoyed that. Mm hmm. Um, Batman out of because it context. just makes him look human. Yeah, a Batman out of Gotham. Yeah, 
But uh, one thing that I did want to take note of in this in today's episode is the is all the aircraft vehicles we have here. Now the the one I'm going to start with the the small white and red plane that's in the background here. Mm-hmm. It's not the one that Bruce Wayne lands on. Was it a little Cessna? Uh, yeah. So this one is Norland Air. This is like this is a real. Uh, company of travel in Iceland. This is a plane that real people would take. So I'm guessing they're in some sort of executive airport where planes like that can land here and then uh you know Batman could take this helicopter and 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 use it to travel further into Iceland into places where they cannot access. Um but he didn't take Norland Air because for some reason he's in this helicopter this is there's three vehicles here there's a helicopter there's that norland air aircraft Mm -hmm. and then there's this big airbus that belongs to bruce swain yes that's more on that later but that's how he got here he got here with the big airbus and then he didn't take the norland air uh airplane but i think it's here to to like product placement in a weird way where it's uh not in a weird way but it's like they didn't take that aircraft but they do want to show that iceland has like this well where were they have taken that aircraft to well that's what i'm saying they probably couldn't so they had to take the helicopter um but it is nice that they included that aircraft here on the runway in like this executive uh runway to at least show that and for like product placement and to promote travel in iceland is is what i'm guessing for this movie Mm. um so then I was thinking about the helicopters. Okay, so what is the helicopter? Is that another um, company that belongs to Iceland? Is that something else that they're promoting? Uh, and it turns out not really. This is a fake one, if I'm correct. I tried looking for what it is, and instead I just found a lot of articles you know, saying that it's an Easter egg. Now, I wonder Be- if you can look up that um, TF number right there, the designation. I tried looking up the Airbus number. I can try looking up the helicopter one. Yeah, I was going to say that helicopter's like, I don't know what that thing is. Uh, air traffic designate. I don't know what that number is right there. Aviation aircraft uh, number. So the the serial number that's on the aircraft itself is just the model of the helicopter but it doesn't explain the company uh, for which, you know, you know, uh, that it belongs to. What travel agency has enlisted that, that helicopter right there. So Quicksilver is the name on there, right? It says Quicksilver in Icelandic. And Leguflu uh, Island translates to like charter flights. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's the company either. But Quicksilver is like the name given to this helicopter. And I guess that's an Easter egg to the Marvel Speedster Quicksilver. And like that's what it's intended to be. Is in a weird way it's an Easter egg for a Marvel character in a DC movie because yeah, I'm not buying it. the Flash is in here. Nah. You're not buying that that's an Easter egg for Quicksilver. No, I'm not buying that at all. I maybe maybe well we're like Oh, yeah, cool. They share the same name. Awesome. And, like, that's it. That's the thought. But no more than that. 
That's the only, that's the road I hit was that, oh, it's an Easter egg for Quicksilver. I guess I'm not finding anything else about travel agency. It wasn't like when I searched Norland Air that I found, you know, all the company listings and book of flight and stuff like that. Like none of that came up for Quicksilver or like Gufu Island, nothing like that. So I'm assuming it's, you know, if it's a Marvel Easter egg, it's a Marvel Easter egg. I know there's another Marvel Easter egg later on during the Heroes Park battle, um, but we'll get into that later. So that's technically two Marvel Easter eggs in this DC movie, which is fine because I think the Quicksilver thing makes sense if the Flash is involved and maybe in a very subtle way, it's saying, hey, well, Aquaman didn't work. Batman's moving on to the next one, which is the Flash. And so there's like this Quicksilver Easter egg to allude to that foreshadow in some way. It's a lot of reaching. That's a big reach. It's a lot of reaching. But hey, uh, a lot of people were right, including us, about Harry Lennox being uh, Martian Manhunter. So who knows? (laughs) Uh, A lot of things are planned in in these movies. A lot of these Easter eggs. So... um, the last thing I want to talk about is obviously the Airbus that Bruce Wayne has here. Isn't it insane? I, you know, normally you're thinking, okay, Bruce Wayne can fly a, a private jet to Iceland. Isn't it insane that he has a whole Airbus to himself? Like, it's massive. It's huge. Um, now, is that like the whole, th- like, is that like Wayne Enterprises plane? And do they only have the one plane? And is that the same plane that he's flying big wigs on this like Air Force One type deal? It's, he's kind of a double standard, if so, because he had all those promotions for Turkish Airlines in Batman v Superman, which I know is like that's a real life marketing ploy for Batman v Superman dawn of justice the movie where it was like oh we'll do a an ad with turkish airlines and we'll have bruce wayne and lex Luthor involved in it for you know cross promotion uh but you would think they would carry that with this movie but i maybe not and maybe it's just like oh yeah bruce wayne might say he flies turkish airlines but really he has his own private airbus now now i have a question the main question is is this type of plane the only kind of plane that can put a car in it and still fly because if if so then i would that would explain why he can only use this kind of big ass plane because he's always got to have his car around yeah but i can see i can see bruce wayne having the the car in the airbus i don't know if he needs it to be that big like that big of an Airbus. Is this, um, and like how many, how many crew members do you need to fly, uh, to man this plane? Is it like a minimal crew? Does he, is it really just like, okay, maybe you can only have like, you know, three people on it and that's fine. No, I, 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 it's, he would need a whole, I mean, there's obviously a, a handful of crew members that actually work on this plane. You know, I don't know. I don't know why there, he needs such a big f- plane. There's a flight attendant at the top of the stairs. He's got a pilot waiting for him down, down, down below the stairs. 
It is a massive ordeal. It's cool. Maybe it's a flying fox um, reference. Again, another allusion to uh, what happens later on in the film when Cyborg gets the flying fox working. And this is what he's using for now. And it's just kind of like the Bruce Wayne version to what the flying fox is for Batman is the only assumption that I can make up. But it's just incredible to think of like, in terms of comic book wow factor, it's just kind of reading a comic book and being like, wow, so Bruce Wayne is that obnoxious where he brings a whole Airbus for himself to what? Like, if he would have recruited Aquaman, would he have been like, all right, hop into my giant Airbus that I have for just me and Alfred to hang out in? And it's got an incredible car, concept car. And then we're going to pick up the Flash. Like, it's just madly expensive taste you know it's a little extra when, but you know whatever it, it is incredibly extra and i i love it for that but i i am wondering if maybe hey maybe it's a flying fox reference um but it is cool obviously it has to be in black the whole thing has to be in black can't you know look any more uh like low profile it's like no it's gotta be black it's gotta have the the wayne w on it and everything uh that's what I'm saying. Like it, it really has like that sin copy, uh, that kind of Nolan vibe to it. Yeah. Either the Dark Knight or even uh, the beginning of Inception. I was gonna say Inception. Just big set, big open. You know, we see the big ass plane in in Dark Knight Rises. Uh, we see just like big outside sets in Inception. It is very Nolan esque, but maybe that's a fault on us for labeling it as such. You know. Can we just yeah, like have a good outside shot with a little bit of gray and blue tones and not have it Nolan? <laughs> Trying to move away from it, huh? Yeah, 100%. Just like now it's like a big explosion. It's like, okay, cool. We can have big explosions, but if you start adding the little stupid sparkler fireworks in them, then it's a Michael Bay explosion. It's like, okay, I, uh, I get I what you're you saying. Yeah. Everyone, everything has to explode in a very fiery type of explosion. No, now it's fireworks. It's not fiery anymore. It's fireworks. It's like someone setting off Roman candles, like, as the explosion's going off. I, uh, I'm not... Roman candles? Roman (laughs) candles? What's the firework name? I don't know. Wait, what are you saying? Roman candles. I thought it was Roman candle. Maybe it's Roman candle. Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski's <laughs> no, no, candles. No, no. Hold on, hold on. Are you saying roaming candle? Yeah, roaming. You might be blowing my mind. Well, I'm a... blowing my own mind because I don't know what the damn firework is called. And, you know, we have the internet and I don't really care because this is how we engage people. Yeah. So here we have Alfred saying, how about we catch the next King Tide in Jamaica or Fiji or something like that. And that is clarification for um, earlier in this movie um, where we were talking about why... Batman has tracked down Aquaman to this part of the world. And uh, we were saying it on an earlier episode that the King Tide has arrived here in early January. And that kind of tracks with the time frame for the movie, whereas Dawn of Justice kind of ended in the fall-winter timeline with the death of Superman. And then this movie, picking up four weeks later, um kind of picks up in early January where the King Tide would arrive somewhere in Iceland. 
Um, and so it's nice to have clarification on those type of things. I can see maybe why this might get cut for time here um, in a different version, but I think it's really nice exposition for what Batman is trying to do here in this movie, which is recruiting these other metahumans across the planet. And they do it in a charismatic way. You know, there's not just exposition dump for, hey, you know, he said no, let's keep moving. Um, It's really nice to have exposition dialogue through a Batman and Alfred type character because you're already invested in these two. Like we said earlier in today's episode, it's like we've we love to see these two characters talking to each other all the time, no matter what the story is. But it's always very cool to kind of learn about where the story is going because of them. They make it very entertaining and they did it very entertainingly um, earlier in this episode or earlier in this part of the movie where Aquaman and Batman are kind of giving us the rundown of what's happening around the world. and. Really, really love when writers can do that and they make it very entertaining to learn about what's coming up next. So I really like that. I really like just how... I love how charismatic Jeremy Irons' Alfred is. Like he, He's definitely like... I don't know if I want to say he's my favorite Alfred so far in adaptations, live adaptations, because uh, he's a little bit, I guess, more unorthodox to the typical... Alfred that you might read comic books, but um, I've always been a, a fan of his charm and the way he brings kind of like a passive-aggressive Alfred. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him a lot. I've really liked him ever since we kind of realized that he was the gray to Bruce and Batman's black and white uh, kind of view, yeah. especially dealing with uh, Superman in Dawn of Justice. Um, the voice of reason always resonated with me uh, with that type of character. Um, and it's just really good to have someone who has, I just really enjoy thinking about the 20 years that they have spent doing it together and not like Michael Caine trying to play catch up with some crazy kid that just wants to ride on a motorcycle. You know what I mean? It's, it's good to see that Alfred is just as deep, if not more invested than Batman, because he's trying to keep the dude alive. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. And when Alfred realizes, like, well, I guess I got to play along because I got to keep this maniac alive, that's just my favorite parts. It's so good yeah. when he's just, like, in it and he's playing the character, you know? Yeah. And not, and not just, like, you're better than this Bruce Wayne. You know, the world doesn't need Batman. How are you going to give him up? Shut, shut up, shut up. You're, what, come on. It's the opposite of what, what I know of what, a, yeah. of what an Alfred and Batman relationship should be. Yeah, I, I think a really good decision for this cinematic universe is how kind of close of age they are. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you have, like, this 45-year-old Batman, and what I'm assuming is, like, a 65-year-old Alfred. You know, there's only, like, a 20-year gap. So, um, you think he was, like, l- early 30s when Bruce's parents died? I assume he was younger, maybe. No, like, I think he was had to have been in his 40s, if not mid-40s, same as his parents. I, well, I mean, we'd have to run it back. But and I, if we're, re- and if, yeah, and if we are running it back, Bruce Wayne says he's now older than his father ever was, and he was supposed to be about 44 years old from what we uh, derive, 44, 45 years old. 
Um, so if his parents died at 40, I would assume that that Alfred, when his parents died, was probably around the same age, if not a few years older, more experienced. So this could be like a 70-year-old bat, uh, Alfred. But still relatively close. So what I have here is 1950s is when he was born. So if you take it at the earliest, 1950, um, being 2017, 2016, that would put him at 70. 60. It would put him at 66. Uh, Whatever. 67. I'm rounding up. Yeah, round up. If it's 2021, it's 71. So yeah, you're. We're pretty. We're both right. Hey, look at us, Nate. We're both right. Um, I like that. That shouldn't happen on the show. It's not supposed to happen on the show. Everybody, this this is a fluke. Um, we have to start over. It should not have happened. I'm sorry. It was an oversight. One of us on my needs part. to be wrong. Yeah. Anyways, so it's it's nice to have that. Um, you know, late 40s with the late 60s. There's only really a 20 year gap. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy that they can seem kind of like two passively aggressive, grumpy people. Um, I think it's a nice energy to have when it's comedic like that. And it's not just, like you said, it's not just an old butler chasing after a daredevil, like young billionaire kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, I like that. I really do. I think the dynamic that they have, the passive aggressiveness that, that Jeremy Irons Alfred has is, is really, really well done. It's really needed for, for this kind of dynamic. Um, and I think that's going to be it for now. We're going to save the coffee talk for tomorrow's minute. But if you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can join us and tell us what you think about today's episode or any episodes that you guys are catching up on. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 17 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.